Hello and welcome to the Nourish Practice podcast, a podcast focused on all things intuitive eating, intuitive movement and helping you heal your relationship to food while moving away from diet culture in hopefully a nice relaxed way. There'll be a mixture of solo episodes and guest interviews. Any topics you would like included just send me a DM on Instagram at Nourish Practice and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Now this week is, as you'll see from the title, all about goal setting and this is based on conversations I've had with various people. We've reached that point in the year where people have either maybe given up with their new year's resolutions or they're just starting to think about some goals for the year now that the chaos of January is coming to an end. Maybe you didn't make any resolutions this year and you have no plans to and you're thinking everyone I see online is goal setting, buying planners, productivity is everywhere. Do I need to get involved or actually am I okay? Hopefully I'm going to talk a little bit about an overview of that and some strategies that might help with goal planning. Because it may be that actually a really convoluted digital planner or physical book isn't for you and you're just a pen and paper person and that's just writing down the goals for the year done stick it on the wall maybe you want a vision board maybe you need those micro steps and that's going to help you be as productive as you can be so first things first do you need goal setting so goal setting is defined as a successful plan of action it's that simple so it doesn't have to be super specific it doesn't have to be super big picture it is just you are making a plan of action to get from A to B. I personally had quite an abstract idea of goal setting when thinking of the episode. It was only when I started looking into it, I saw just the range of strategies that there are out there and that actually people use and use quite well. Apparently, goal setting is linked with higher motivation, better self-esteem and confidence and increased chance of success. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it. However, a lot of the science seems to show this only works if you're not punishing yourself for doing it wrong or having a setback. So goals need flexible plans. If you say my goal is to read 10 books in January and by the end of January you haven't done that, going, oh actually I'm a failure, I'm a mess, and starting that negative shame cycle, kind of like the dieting, um, will just mean that you're gonna go, oh screw it, I'm not gonna do anything for the rest of the year, etc. etc. Whereas actually going, you know what, I didn't read that many, but I'm gonna adjust my forecast. So I said in the whole year I was gonna read 20 books, that's roughly one a month. This month, I didn't manage to finish one. Maybe I'll aim for 12 this year or 15, or actually maybe that means next month I need to actually set some time aside to read a little bit more, etc. Maybe I need to look into a Kindle, look into other means, audiobooks, all that sort of stuff. So it's making actionable steps to make the goal flexible that reaps those benefits, hopefully. And for some, they believe that in order to be fulfilled as a person, we must strive for something. For others, there's contentment in not striving. I think there's a real balance. Like I know for me personally, I have peaks and troughs. I have time where I've got to have a to-do list and I I really like pushing. I'm in that sort of productive flow. And then there's other times where I'm like, I am so happy to have nothing to aim towards. Like I do it a lot with physical activity. I'll book a race and I really enjoy preparing for that race. Although sometimes slight chaotic and anxiety inducing but as soon as I pass that race people go like oh when's the next race when the next event and I'm like you know what I'm so good with just moving and not having any end goal just doing it because I enjoy it not having that pressure of I've got to be here I've got to do this it's just like you know what that's it like I know a few people who have done something where just for this year they've had a word in mind and it's like there's no goal whatsoever but this whole year my word is going to be priorities so when things come up I'm going to think 
how does this match my priorities? How are my priorities changing? And that's not really a, a goal per se, but that's how they're approaching things. So sometimes not striving is exactly what you need. So it really is finding, actually, if you're stuck in that productivity cycle of I'm always pushing, I'm always striving, but it's not making me feel great. Maybe just taking that time off and go, I'm not going to strive for anything for a little while. I'm just going to try and find that contentment. And then when I want to, I'll then sort of re-enter into that sort of cycle with the work. There's an excerpt from Atomic Habits, which I still haven't read, um, that said goal setting suffers from a case of survivorship bias. We focus on those who have succeeded with their goal setting style, not the many that it doesn't work for. And it makes sense. On Instagram, we're going to see the success stories of the hundreds of people who have really thrived using a certain method, a certain product. But we're not going to see the thousands that maybe brought it and left it on the shelf. I have so many planners, layouts, everything pretty much on my desk or on my laptop that I don't really use because I end up just pen and paper and checkboxing it. It's finding what works for you. So some reasons you might not want to set goals include you don't want to get stuck in that when I achieve x I'll be happy but then you get there and you go well, when I achieve the next thing I'll be happy and into that loop of productivity equals your worth or your happiness. Sometimes when we reach a goal we feel a little stuck we kind of plateau whereas actually if we haven't got that really concrete goal we can be a bit more fluid and constantly moving and pivoting as we need to. It can be really pressuring especially if you've told everyone or you've just put a lot of pressure on yourself it can be a little too much so it's just finding where you can push but not overload yourself. It's the whole journey of a destination thing so you have to decide what you want to do how you want to get there and then enjoy that process. So the goal is not the be all end all. I'm going to outline some methods. Any you like the sound of, try. I'm not going to check it. No one's going to go, oh, you tried that and it didn't work or you did this and it was terrible. Get it wrong. That's the only way we know how we work. Like I said, I've tried so many sort of goal setting styles in order for me to go, you know what, my brain just really needs small actionable things. And sitting down on a Sunday night to goal set for the week, as is the sort of Instagram standard just really doesn't work for me it makes me feel really overwhelmed so every day just going here are four things I need to do today here's something I put in the diary like mine's a flexible approach and that really works for me but I know people that need that sort of schedule depends on your lifestyle work etc etc so first thing to think about do you want short or long-term goals and there are benefits and drawbacks to each just depends how big picture you want to go maybe it's by the end of this month I want to do this Maybe it's by the end of this year, I want to do this. And you split that up into smaller goals. But have an idea of what you want to focus on to begin with before you set those goals. And the next thing, do you want to categorise them into, for example, work, personal, relationship, etc. So a lot of goal sort of setting frameworks, that's the word I'm thinking of, are actually very business oriented. It makes sense. Most things are made for a business to succeed, not for it to work with your personal life makes sense so a lot of these you might go well actually I really want to work on my social life or my self-care or something like that I don't need to do something so business-minded or you could say you know what I really want to work on this in my work life this in my personal life this is my financial goal setting it into those categories again as long as you're not overwhelmed however categorizing helps you so without further ado into some methods and there's quite a few here so again if you like the sound of one look into it or try it um, if one you're like I've tried it didn't work there's many I'll be going through and I'll just give a short sort of overview of each so hopefully it doesn't take too long out of your day so first one the old classic everyone probably knows it smart goals s-m-a-r-t so 
specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-specific. SMART. Nice little acronym, if you remember writing it down. Basically, what do you want to aim for? How are you going to monitor it? Are they flexible and realistic? <clears throat> are they relevant to what you actually want to do? Do you have a due date that you've set for yourself? Maybe you write out the letters in a column, go from there, go across ways and figure out. The main thing here is that it's really specific and it's really, I'm going to measure it like this by this date. So SMART goals are normally heralded because they're very realistic, but also they're very end point date. I will have this done by this date and this is how I'm going to do it. The next one, I don't know if you've heard of this one, is clear goals. I hadn't heard of it. So clear, C-L-E-A-R. So it is collaborative, limited, emotional, appreciable and refinable. Say that 10 times fast. So collaborative involving others, whether it's friends, family, partners, colleagues, etc. Limited. So it has a time frame that's reasonable, manageable, realistic. Um, I, I think of this as realistic, but clear doesn't sound as good as clear. So limited, aka reasonable, realistic. Emotional. Is this connected to your passions? So if you want a goal to come to fruition, it has to be linked to something you really want to happen. I can sit here and go, I wanna, I'm gonna keep using the book analogy, I don't know why it's at the front of my brain. I can read this many books by the end of the year. But if I'm really not into reading and just, it's not really something I'm passionate about, probably not gonna happen. However, if I say, well actually, I want to run this amount by the end of the year. Like I personally really enjoy running and I might enjoy having a goal that I want to aim for because I know the outcome of that is really important to me. So it's got to be something that you want to do, not, oh, I've seen online that this is a great thing. Like we had a strategy day the other day in business and it was the idea that like loads of people just put, I want 1K followers. I was like, well, what does that mean? What do you actually want? Connection, you want clients, you want things that are important to you, your business, your life, whatever, rather than just, oh, this arbitrary thing looks really good. I want to run a 5K in half an hour. Me personally, that means absolutely nothing to me. I don't particularly care about pacing. But for some people, they're like, yeah, I heard that's a good time, so I'm going to do it. Um, if you're not passionate about it, you're less likely to go for it. And then A is appreciable. So that's just breaking larger goals into more manageable parts. Small goals that fit into that big picture. So how can you find those steps? And the refinable, again, should makes more sense to call it flexible, but it's got to fit the acronym. Uh, be open to adjusting the goals as needed. So don't keep it out of reach, make them workable. So clear, collaborative, limited, emotional, appreciable, and refinable. And then we have what is called the WHOOP method, which I really enjoy that acronym, actually. It does make me laugh. So wish, outcome, obstacle, plan. Whoop. W-O-O-P. Whoop. So wish. I always think of the song, a wish is a dream your heart, a dream is a wish your heart makes, whenever I hear the, that bit. But if I got that in your head, I'm sorry. Um, so wish is, what are you wishing for? What is your goal? Sometimes people kind of join this one with smart goals. So it's like, my wish is S-M-A-R-T and work out like that. Outcome. So this is focusing on the positive outcome of achieving your goal, whether it's thinking of imagery, whether you want to visualize, okay, when I achieve my goal, this is what it's going to be like, close your eyes, walk through it. Maybe you make a vision board, or maybe you just have a, this is exactly what's going to happen. By focusing on that end point, hopefully you've got that clearly in mind to then work towards. O for obstacle. So this is anticipating potential obstacles or challenges, because let's be honest, they are inevitable and sometimes preempting them can help you have a plan 
or a contingency or a backup. So you don't feel like, oh, the journey's finished, but you can work your way around it. Maybe it's things you can control, like your actions, sometimes your thoughts, your habits, changing a schedule, changing something else, or sometimes it's things you can't control, like illness or a work commitment. So just having a bit of a backup plan and things to preempt those obstacles, which leads us to P, which is plan. So developing specific action steps to overcome obstacles, achieve a goal, and also to break that big goal down into smaller steps. So it's using when and then. So if your first step is, again, thinking of that book goal, because it's in front of my head. Okay, when I read my first book, then I'm going to make a list of some more books that I would like to read. When I finish three chapters of this book, I am going to look into similar authors and that way I can make a list for the rest of the year. When I finish two books, I'm going to start looking into the library so I can borrow books. So it's a when and then. One step leads into another step leads into another step. The sort of fourth method here of goal planning is start with the end goal. So ultimate goal, backward planning. So this is the backward planning method. Sorry, I went straight into it there. <laughs> it's called the backward planning method. So it's by the end of the year, I will dot, dot, dot. And then you work backwards. So by the end of the year, I'll read this many books. How am I going to work backwards from that all the way back to today? So you break the big goal into milestones. And then those milestones, you have small steps in between them all the way back. Apparently, backward planning is different to your brain than forward planning. And so some people say it's more likely to work as you see those actionable steps back. Whereas sometimes when we start going forwards, we start with the small steps, but we can't quite lead them to that end point if it is quite a big sort of overwhelming goal. Next one, BHAGS, B-H-A-G-S. That's someone who didn't care about how pronounceable their acronym was when they made it. <laughs> I've just Googled it, it said BHAG, but that's how I would say it. However you'd like to say it. It is called Big Hairy Audacious Goals, apparently first coined by Jim Collins and Jerry Porras in their book. The aim is apparently to pull people out of a slump and energize them by big picture thinking. So the idea being, are they big goals, ambitious goals? Are they inspiring, challenging? Are they clear? So even though it's big and it's out there, it's got to be clear. What does that success look like? Is it compelling? Have you gone from a slump and not feeling motivated? Are you pulled into action? And they generally are quite long term. So if your big goal is like, I'm going to do this, you're not going to do that in a week. It's going to be a year or longer. They're meant to, again, quote, quote, pull people out of short term thinking. So often we get in a loop of like very short term, so it's actually thinking very long term, big picture, and then making it nice and clear. Apparently the authors were recommending 10 years or more as an end point. I personally could not imagine trying to plan my life a year in advance, let alone 10 years, but that is what they recommend. If you think in 10 years I want to be on a beach somewhere, I work in Pilates and movement, and I have a lot of people that are like, in five years I'm going to have my online studio that's a big one when people are thinking long term so five years ten years imagine apparently some other criteria that the authors have sort of recommended is that it has at least a 50 percent chance of success which i think is quite interesting to see how people work that out it's got to be action oriented and exciting it seems unreasonable but on the other hand is doable apparently it's used for companies to help with big picture thinking but if you want to try it give it a go with your life Next one is mind mapping. Now, I'm a visual learner. I absolutely love mind mapping. If you knew me in high school in sixth form, I just, I mind mapped as my revision for 
everything. I had about 50 different coloured pens to draw them all. I really enjoyed it. But some people love it, some people don't. Again, just depends what that goal is and how you like to, to visualise it or maybe you want to write it. So what they recommend if you're using mind mapping for goal setting is to start with your goal at the centre or maybe a date at the centre or something where you can form connections out from a sort of end point. So like I said, read 30 books this year. Maybe the offshoots are genres, type of books. How am I going to keep track? What happens, again, if you want to use those obstacles, what if I don't finish book? Things like that, all breaking it down. Either from a central cloud or if you want to, again, the layout can be however you want it. If you want it on like the left-hand side and offshoots and offshoots. However, you'd like mind map, it's very random on purpose. Apparently, mind maps are really good for identifying the relationships between different aspects of your goals. So sometimes we can think, I'm going to do this step and this step and don't necessarily see how they're linked until you have a mind map and go, actually, that one can be done with that one. That one links to this. Encourages a creative and nonlinear approach. And apparently, this can make it easier to remember. I know the reason I use mind maps for revision is because my brain sort of could take a snapshot of where things were on that mind map and visualize it. So I found that really helpful. And if your brain help works in that visual way, it will help keep it in the front of your brain. Okay, I'm goal setting. What are all the steps or little connections here? You can use images, doodles, etc. There's lots of online programs now to make mind maps, but equally, pen and paper, absolutely great. I still use them all the time. In your revision, but you know. Uh, next one is habit stacking. I'm sure you've heard of this. It made the rounds recently on Instagram. I think because it's an easy sell, and for some it really does work. But the idea is you build on existing habits and you integrate new ones into existing routines. So, for example, if you brush your teeth every morning, you can add a before and after. So, after I brush my teeth, I'll drink a glass of water. If you're trying to up your water intake, after I drink my morning coffee, I'll journal for five minutes. It's meant to work as the original habit is so ingrained that you just piggyback on the back of that and you, before you even notice it, they are both ingrained together and you start to associate one with the other. Focuses on incremental changes, focusing on small sustainable things that you can improve every single day, but it has to be consistent. You've got to repeat it until the habit stacking becomes in itself a habit and you can continue building from there, stacks on stacks. Apparently, it's based on a phenomenon called synaptic pruning. So your brain eliminates unused neurons and prefers those used more frequently. So obviously, your normal habits are much more frequent. But when I tried to look into it, a lot of the stuff on synaptic pruning was saying it's really common when you're a kid and then when you're an adult isn't as relevant. So I'd take that with a pinch of salt. Next one, and this one is very sort of businessy, is OKRs, Objectives and Key Results. Not going to lie, I looked into this and a lot of business blogs came up. So, you know, if you want to use it, it's it's very simple, but it is very business oriented. So objectives, what you want to achieve, they should be action oriented and inspirational, apparently. Key results, and again, using that smart, specific, measurable outcomes that you can track easily. It tends to be very black and white, Is what is the result, and very numerical. So it works for things like a running goal, a workout goal etc but not like oh I just want to feel better in this and actually OKRs may evolve as the work progresses so your results may look different as your goal changes and your objectives change so this can be done quite short term and long term. Next one is a sort of SWOT analysis for goals so when I think of SWOT I often think of it as like a person you say like oh my strengths weaknesses opportunities etc but it can be used for goals apparently so strengths weaknesses opportunities threats 
to assess internal and external factors related to your goals. So apparently it just helps you keep realistic. So it's kind of once you've made a goal, analysing is it, what the strengths, what the weaknesses, again, what are those obstacles, how are you going to overcome them, what are some opportunities based on this. But you've got to keep everything in mind, like, oh, I play an instrument really, really well, but my goal is to read 30 books this year. There may not be a link between those things. So it has to be, how do your strengths relate to your goal? Like, oh, my goal, if you, again, talk about like Instagram, oh, my goal is to hit this many followers. My strength is that I really enjoy community and connection. So I can aim to get involved with community events. Or actually, my strength is I'm really good at copywriting, so I'm going to focus on that blog content it's it's finding your strengths oh my weakness is that I'm majorly introverted okay maybe I don't focus on in-person stuff as much or things where I'm talking to one person individually etc etc you then use this to develop strategies that leverage your strengths and opportunities and mitigate your weaknesses as well as thinking about threats and overcoming them in the future so it's about knowing yourself and applying this to your goals basically so it's more approaching goals and strategizing than necessarily making them Next one is the Eisenhower matrix. Now I've used this many, many times. Um, I will try and explain it. However, it's quite visual. So if you want to Google it, then you can. Apparently it's named after Eisenhower because he said, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important and the important are never urgent. Take from that what you will. <laughs> so think of it as a four way square. The two columns are titled urgent, not urgent. Two rows are important, not important. So urgent means time sensitive, demanding, do it now. They're often quite reactive and can make you feel quite stressed and rushed. Important is aligned with your long-term goals, short-term goals, might not yield instant results, but are important for what you would like to do. Often these can be dealt with calmly and rationally as they're often not urgent. However, if you put off important tasks, they become urgent. So it's good to, some people use this matrix every day or every week and that way they can see, okay, what do I need to prioritise this week and what do I not? Urgent and important, do it now. Important, not urgent, schedule, find time for, find a gap in your schedule where you can do it because it's important to you and you don't want it to become urgent. Urgent but not important, can you delegate, can you seek some help, some resources, can you find some time to do it? Again, do you need support? Not urgent, not important. You can ignore it for now. If it's something that needs to be done eventually, maybe it will move into the urgent, but it is not a priority right now. It is not a good use of your time. So I think this method is really good if you often find you're always doing something, but you're not doing anything. Does that make sense? Like I'm not achieving anything. I'm always procrastinating. I feel like I'm constantly working, but there's no benefits. This can kind of help you identify, oh, maybe I'm just doing things that are not important, but are urgent all the time. How can I deal with that? And then the last one, mindful goal setting. So apparently this allows goal setting without quote unquote limiting spontaneity. So it's the idea that you focus on the present moment, mindfulness, and then you set goals that align with your values in the present moment. So it's focusing whether your goals are your goals, or whether you feel like you should be achieving them and you're just again following things that you read or see. So mindful goal setting uses statements such as I am someone who, da da da, I am someone who, so like, I am someone who enjoys being challenged. I am someone who wants to read more. I am someone who, so it's focusing on what you value as a person. So if you said, I am someone who wants to, again, run a 5K in half an hour, I'd be like, no, I'm not. So it's just aligning 
actually saying things out loud, sometimes you realise that's not what I value as much as maybe I thought I did. It's the incorporation of mindfulness techniques into goal setting. So again, maybe that focusing on one word. People who use this quite stringently will maybe use like a breathwork practice or will sit there and meditate on one word and see what arises from it or on that goal and see how they feel about it. And there's quite a lot of reflection involved. So you reflect on progress and adjust your goals as needed to see if they align with your present values. Because even over the period of a month, a year, our values and our interests and things may change quite a lot. Remember that the most effective method depends on your personal preference of all the ones that I've gone through today. It depends on the nature of the goal, your unique circumstances. Experiment with different approaches, find what works for you. On any given day, week, month, I might try a different method, different goals, I'll try different things. So it really does depend on you. Regardless of the method, some ways to improve your chances for sticking to your goals include categorizing them, like I said, personal, career, relationship, etc., to see what you value and what might be infringing on each other. Finding a why. Again, that like, oh, I want to do 10 pull-ups because everyone says that's a great gym goal. Probably you're not going to do it. Whereas if you say, I really want to work my upper body strength because I want to feel confident in my abilities, or I really want to work my upper body strength because I really want to try rock climbing and I know that's going to help me and I want to spend time with my friends doing that. That is a why. That is linked to social values, so many other things. And that is going to help you achieve your goals. Whereas going because someone told me I should or because it looks good on Instagram is not going to help fuel you when you're maybe feeling like, oh, I can't bother with this goal or it's really out of reach. You've got to have that why. It's really useful to preempt challenges, not necessarily to go into like a negative spiral, but just to say this is probably what's going to arise here. Here's how we overcome it. Because if it does, and it may not arise, but if it does, you're going, rather than being blindsided, you're going, I know how to deal with this. I've preempted it. I've got a plan. Don't need work. Celebrate milestones and take time to reflect, especially if you're making a goal for the end of the year. It's really easy to get to a point where you're thinking, yeah, so what I okay my goal is to run a marathon I've just run a 10k yeah that's not even it's not even half a marathon but it's like you just ran 10k that's quite a feat you ran 1k that's a feat you went five minutes without stopping running that's a feat celebrate all these small things because then you'll build up that evidence of feeling good and doing things and knowing that you have that ability whereas if you're always down on yourself and not achieving your end goal like I said you're gonna go I'm not gonna be happy till I reach the end goal reach it and go oh what now celebrate milestones reflect on the progress that you've made sometimes even when we don't reach the end goal it is that progress that really gets the benefits that we want remember to hold yourself accountable or have someone to hold accountable to some people put their goals on instagram for their followers to see some tell friends and family and check in every week if not hold yourself accountable have a check-in every so often how are you doing how are you feeling you can have flexibility and not put pressure on yourself while still being accountable to you because you know when you're not putting in the effort that you want you know when okay my goal is to reach this many followers by the end of the year but I'm not doing any marketing or anything the only person that's going to impact is you you've got to have the accountability for that and then I think there's real power in knowing when a goal no longer serves you if it's not working anymore you know what I thought I wanted to run but I'm really not enjoying it I'm having to force myself out the door every day maybe I just need to focus on something else for a little while or step back from that goal and revisit it amazing having the agency to do that and knowing your body and your mind nothing better for you even if you achieve that goal going out and running hating it but saying oh, I achieved my goal 
way worse than if you go, you know what, I took a step back, but I had agency and I know what's best for me. It's a great thing for you to do. Remember, you can use setbacks as a learning experience. Have a support network as much as you need to, especially for big goals. Think big. I remember I had a little chat with um, Camilla. She does branding and stuff. And it was really interesting because she said to me, like, oh, what's, what's your dream for your, like, business or your life or sort of a general chat? And I was like, oh, to teach this. And she was like, oh, you wellness professionals, you all just go really small. She was like, what is your dream big I'm giving you like no holds barred dreamed big and we all just immediately go I want to do this much and, and we keep it so confined so don't be afraid to really especially if you're just goal setting by yourself be like in five years I want to do this in two years I want to do this don't be afraid to limit yourself even if you don't know the steps to get there yet sometimes just putting it out and being like oh I do want to do that that is one of my values is super important Decide what resources you want to use, whether it's like a digital planner, pen and paper, notes app, apps, vision board, get a big notebook. The choice is up to you, but never feel like you have to consume and buy a lot of resources. Simple goal setting can be done with a pen and paper really effectively. I hope that's been useful, whether you decide to set goals for the end of the year or not. And you're just thinking, I'm done. This is my year to just relax and be and be grateful then enjoy the relaxation of it. Like I said, things come in peaks and troughs and you choose whether you want short or long-term goals. If one of your goals is to improve your relationship with food, then you can book a discovery call with me if you would like. If you wanna be the first to know about discovery call slots, courses, power hours, basically everything, um, I will put the link below for my email list. Then you can sign up and you'll get emails me don't worry I don't spam message and you can unsubscribe at any time um, but we can chat a little bit more about how I can hopefully help have a nice rest of your day